Attention human, prepare yourself for the double pick cast. Hello and welcome back to the Double Pipcast, where almost every week we talk about the goings-on within the Transformers TCG universe. With me, I have Kevin Allen, winner of the EIQ at Gen Con in 2019. How are you doing, Kevin? Pretty good. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. Hey, Kevin, uh, so I've had on Dan Arnold, Stefan Pinckney, and now you, uh, what I would say, the big three in the conversation from 2019 as it concerns the Transformers competitive scene. Uh, and I've asked those two uh, the same question, but what's your what is your background in the CCG? Uh, um, I, I have been playing off and on um, since early days of Magic. Um, I got into Magic about uh, the Artifact cycle, so what, second or third expansion. I played for a few years, um, and I've been in and out of a variety of of card games and CCG since. Um, I tend to be kind of a recovering addict when it comes to, to CCGs. I decide they aren't worth the, the money um, and then something new and shiny comes out and, you know, I relapse. Um, so I, I spent a lot of time in Decipher Star Wars um, CCG. Um, I've done a little bit here and there with Netrunner, uh, most recently with Star Wars Destiny. And when I saw Transformers, it uh, very much called back to my childhood and, and really hooked me and the art, the G1 characters um, really got me. And when the more I looked at the game mechanics, the more I loved it. And so this is my my latest relapse, and I'm loving it so far. Awesome. Uh, the the Star Wars bit. So you played Star Wars, uh, a card game, and then you played the the dice game as well. Yep. Um, yes, very, very different games. Um, although, you know, interestingly, a lot of, of what I saw in Transformers kind of called back to, to some of the things I loved about the, the Star Wars CCG from Decipher, you know, with the, the pips are very, uh, comparable to the destiny numbers that they had there, the flips being involved, um, off of your deck, the very fast cycling. Um, so, uh, yeah, it had a, a lot of that. I really like that kind of a mechanic that, um, makes it about more than just the cards and their effects and who can draw what yeah yeah there was a a star wars game i don't know if you ever played it called epic duels that came with uh decks it was a either a hasbro or a milton uh mattel game that was awesome it was miniatures and cards in a box and actually fetches quite a high cost uh high dollar now but yeah i, I bet i don't think i ever played that one no uh so the the Transformers trading card game, you know, you, you said that it, it called to you, uh, you called it your relapse. Um, one thing that helps me get invested in something is, is enjoying what I'm doing, enjoying what I'm playing. And in past interviews, I've heard you kind of talk about your ethos in terms of what you like to play. What, uh, in, in your fellow competitors, they said that they recommend playing something that has been proven competitively already as opposed to uh, coming up with your own thing. Would you agree with that? Um, I, I think it depends a lot on what you want out of the game. Um, Dan and Stefan, um, massive respect to them, are, are much more competitive players than I am. Um, you know, I, I tend to go to some big events, um, I, I but I play mostly for the love of, of playing. And so um, I, I think for someone who wants to 
to get into a more competitive place um, and be really competitive, um, then I, I think their advice is is great. Um, for me, you know, win or lose, I want to enjoy what I'm playing. And that means um, in a lot of ways coming up with my own. I will take inspiration from from decks online, but I will tend not to to just straight out copy someone's um, someone's deck. Um, I, and I need something interesting in the, the deck that I'm going to play. Um, you know, I, I, whether it's the characters that are involved from a, a theme standpoint or the style of, of deck, um, that I play or the mechanics, you know, something in there has to be enjoyable for me. And, you know, a lot of times that, uh, means I'm honestly a, a middling level player. I think I'm a pretty good player. I'm good at dealing with game states and, and that sort of thing, um, but that uh, I will freely admit put, puts me often into a little bit of a hole. And and Gen Con, it worked out for me. I, I had something, you know, that I loved playing, but um, kind of caught the meta off guard, I, I still think, um, and worked out very well for me that day. Um, but generally speaking, I will personally, I will always prefer to, to take something that I've built that I enjoy playing um, as opposed to cramming myself into a, a box of what happens to be the best um, in the game at the moment um, if I don't really enjoy it. I, I would rather enjoy playing and play something I, I like and, you know, have a middling finish than, than go for that, you know, must end top eight, top four every single time. And it's just a different mentality in how to, to approach the game. Yeah, and, and it's if you go into that knowing that's your your goal is to have fun and be invested in what it is you built uh that makes a ton of sense and i think that's refreshing for some folks to hear although uh results may vary it really depends on how um you know your experience with with strategy and, and things like that but uh yeah definitely enjoy it and if if you are invested in it in a way where you want to be number one number two or like you said top eight uh there are proven proven uh, decks out there that, that can do that for you. Yes, certainly. Speaking of which, uh, have you been to any recent events this year? Um, yeah, so I, I uh, went to the the Invitational at, at PAX Unplugged. Um, that was one of my days that that didn't go so so great. Although there I there were some other things going on there too, um, and I actually found out while I was there. Um, about the the pro play tour event in Vegas, um, which was like a week later. I, I live in California. And so uh, that night at, at PAX, I called my wife and I was like, so you want to go to Vegas for a weekend? <laughs> um, and thankfully, she's wonderfully supportive and it sounded like a fun weekend. So I went and I, I played in that as well. Um, and I'm actually gearing up um, this coming week to uh, to go to Orlando. I'm going to, I did uh, well enough at and Vegas to to earn an invite for the pro play in in Orlando, um, and going out a couple days early, I'm going to do some diving and and turn it into a, a little trip. I I will very rarely make that big a trip just for the sake of of playing um, something like Transformers, but if I can combine it with other things, and like I said, I'm I'm a diver, and so a chance to to get underwater at the same time is uh, pretty exciting, and so it should be a fun weekend. Awesome. Have you ever been to Florida? 
Um, yes, I, I have. Uh, I've dove um, Boca Raton and been there just on on visits a couple of times. It's beautiful diving and and uh, a wonderful wonderful place. Awesome. That's great that you can uh, kind of roll those two things into there, and it, and it helps to have a, a support a supportive spouse. Yes, and and my my wife is is incredibly supportive um, of all of my hobbies and and everything I do, and she dives too. She's not going to end up making this trip, um, but uh, she's also a diver and and is more than happy to to go along with the the trips. And I'll go play cards, and she'll do whatever she's going to do for the day. Great, that's uh, that's great. Um, you know, in one of your past interviews, uh, I think it was with Cameron over at Arbitrary Hero. Um, you all discussed the meta and the echo chamber that our community can create. Do you feel that the the game is too young and the card pool is too small? And further, the rep, we don't have enough reps to say that there is a meta or that the game is solved at this point. Um, I, I don't know that I would say the, the game is solved. Um, I, I think a meta will always exist. I mean, the, the meta is always just going to be what everybody happens to to think is the best, right? You know, meta is all about predicting what everyone's going to have and, and trying to come up with things to to counter it. You know, the, the meta is going to exist. Um, I, I will say it seems like our meta tends to bounce around very, very rapidly because of, of the, the conditions you mentioned. Um, you know, I, I think we saw this, um, coming off of, of the earlier pro play events after Stefan, um, won. And then I believe it was Kyle in Dallas, both, uh, won those events with, with shockwave and, and, you know, all of a sudden everyone was taking a much harder look at shockwave and, um, you know, when I played in, in Vegas after the, uh, the the week after the invitational um it was easily half the decks there were shockwave including me um i i was running something a little different than than others but um i was was on board with that for for some personal reasons um you know and so i i think that the meta is there i think it tends to evolve very very quickly but i think the game is is a long way from from solved and i think that um you can still see people coming up with very very unexpected things um i, I actually think that that dan did that at, at the invitational i think a lot of people um looked at at galaxy prime and and didn't think a 15 star character could build all that much of an effective team um i i give major props to to blaine um bublitz um <coughs> excuse me um with his, you know re regardless of what you you think about the deck the the and whether or not it should exist the 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 depth of mechanical understanding that he put into his daring escape deck with with Springer um, deserves a a massive amount of of credit. And so I, I think we are still seeing cases where where things are evolving um, and people are still surprising um, the community in a lot of ways um, because of that. I think it's going to be a while before that that settles out. I think that there's a deceptive number of moving parts in the game um, between cards, effects, draws, pips. Um, and so I, I think that there is, there's a lot to be discovered there and, and people are going to come up with surprising things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, 
I think you're right there. And, and there's there's cards still that haven't been brought out of the limelight um, that are brought brought into the limelight that uh, that really they may at some point, whether that takes an introduction of more characters and more or more mechanics or someone to try something out. And, you know, it, and then, like you said, it's it's very volatile. And then whether or not that gets surfaced. I mean, if it's if it's not surfaced or anything like that, it could just be secret until it's not. Right. And, you know, and the other thing, too, and, and this is something that uh, I, I will admit, I'm fairly I, I don't tend to participate in, you know, national level CCG communities to the extent that I kind of have been with Transformers. But I, I think there's always something um with big events and and you know even um with Gen Con having won it we we tend to as a community look at those and think that that this is the best but i mean a lot of it it's the best of who could be there um and you know the, at, at Gen Con we've we've got a couple players here locally who regularly clean my my clock and and uh two of them made uh the the Energon Invitational and did very very well when you know I had a really rough day um but they weren't at Gen Con they weren't at, at Origins um so you know there's I think there's a lot of players out there um who play in a local scene and do very um very competitive and original and creative things that a lot of times we just don't see because they don't surface, as you said, at, at those big events. And, you know, I, I also, it, it's, I, I tend to think that, um, you know, the, the competitive pushes things, but I think casual and cre pushes creativity in a way that, that competitive sometimes doesn't, um, you know, where, where people will be a lot more willing to just try random things. And, you know, every once in a while that lightning's going to strike and, and someone's going to go, holy crap, that really worked. And, you know, maybe it survives under a larger meta microscope and maybe it doesn't, but I think that, that a lot of the innovation comes from those kind of communities as well. Yeah. So, would you say so that that kind of the point where you said it's the best of who was able to be there and then that's not that's considering all the variance that there is with a game like this so Correct. under the circumstances that we had under the the way that the the cards fell that was what came up number one Yes. And, and, you know, and, and even to the point of, of matchups, um, you know, especially once you get into, to elimination rounds, you know, it, any deck out there, you're going to have good matchups, you're going to have bad matchups, um, you know, and, and if you happen to get paired going into the, the top 16 or eight against good matchups versus bad, um, you know, it, it can really swing a day. Um, now that said, you know, it, it, there are definitely within that variance, there are players who very regularly show up at the top and, and you have to, to recognize and, and respect that. So the, the, uh, let's call it the aftermath of looking back at Gen Con, uh, the aftermath of your win created quite a bit of, talk around the the cliff jumper card uh for better or for worse mm -hmm. do you feel like that is just the the state of of the internet now or uh is is there really some uh, some merit in the in the conversation that stemmed from that um i i i honestly think that it's both um 
I, I think the, the, the way we discuss things these days, especially with the internet, um, everything ends up turned up to 11. There, there, are no, uh, there are no minor grievances on the internet. Everything is, is the end of the world. Um, I, I completely understand the, the distress that some people have um, with the idea of exclusive cards um, like Cliff Jumper and, and the difficulty to of getting them. Um, <clears throat> that said, I think a lot of people are, um, for lack of a better term, a little PTSD'd over um, previous similar cards in Magic. I understand there was one that was completely broken. Um, and, and I don't think Cliff Jumper rates as, as broken. I don't think any of the, the exclusive uh, limited cards they've released rate as broken. And so, you know, to, to me, it's if if they are good, but not utterly dominant. And and I don't believe Cliff Jumper ever rose to that level, despite the the Gen Con win um, or even despite the number of people who are using him at, at Gen Con. Um, I, I don't think it's a bad thing for for the game. Um, you know, and at that point, it becomes more of a, a collector's issue you know if, if you had to have cliff jumper to, to play and compete and make top eight or top 16 then yes that's that's a problem but i don't think it was there and i think that you know a lot of people tended to to take their dislike in in concept of exclusive cards and look at the one big win and and again turn it up to to 11 um but i also say that that he's you know it was a big burst after after gen con um but he seems to be to fade off i mean you still see him show up in in decks from time to time but i don't think anyone came out of of the invitational um at, at pax thinking that you know it was time to go by by cliff jumper um you know, but it's that that'll also that's also going to be on anything. I you know, I, I know that Cliff Jumper had unusually big numbers. You know, the the day after, or even you know that evening, um, I was talking to someone. They had been watching it, and the prices on on the Galaxy Primes had jumped from like sixty bucks to eighty bucks. You know, and I I tend to think that that you know when Cliff Jumper was running a hundred one hundred and twenty, you know, yes, that's a lot of money to pay for for a bit of cardboard, but you know. Optimus wasn't that far behind and it wasn't that, you know, Battlefield Legend wasn't that far behind back in the day. And so, you know, I, I think a lot of people get wrapped up in the things they cannot have without necessarily considering the state of of the overall community and what they can get to. You know, there's a lot of people playing where, you know, a $60 card is just as out of reach as, as a $120 card. And I just, I, I, I try and at least look at it more holistically. You know, either we have a game um, that everybody can get everything, um, something like Fantasy Flight's living card game model, or, you know, this is just part of of the price of it. And there are going to be expensive cards, you know, and, you know, you it, it's not much different. Everyone considers still that, you know, Security Checkpoint, Peace of Charity are almost mandatory cards if in a heavy um, blue and orange deck. I believe they were running 15 to 20 bucks each last time I looked. You need three of them. Now you're into that $60 range for a playset there too. Um, so I, I, I tend to think that, that it's a combination of, of just general dislike of, of exclusives and, you know, sort of a FOMO um, on a personal level 
um, rather than looking at the the community as a whole. And I, I think if you really want to fix it, fix everything for the community as a whole or decide it's okay for the community as a whole. Um, I think that middle point where people are only upset about the the cards they can't get, I I have a little little more issue with. Well said. I, I agree with you, uh, especially on that last point. It, it definitely is that that FOMO piece. And uh, I feel like I've I've read or heard you say at one point, Cliff Jumper could have been replaced by other similar cost cards and almost uh, had the same effect. Maybe not all the way, but um, could have been swapped out. Yeah, I, I, I tend to think so. I, I think, you know, for, for my deck, he sits in a really unique spot. Um, but there are other cards that give the card draw. Um, Wheeljack is is only one star more. He kind of breaks the four wide pattern that I went with with that deck. But, you know, Wheeljack is arguably a better, a, a far better character at nine stars than Cliff Jumper is for his eight. Um you know, and, and that may be coming out wrong, but for that one other star, you get more than one additional star's value out of, of Cliff Jumper uh, or out of Wheeljack. Sorry. So, um, you know, I, I think that that there's always choices and and there are ways to do what you want your deck to do that never needed him. Would you say and I've asked this question to your, your fellow competitors, would you say that the pilot the battle deck or the characters are the most important and which one, if you had to pick two, which two would you pick as the most important? Oh, that's interesting. Well, I, I, I have to say the pilot. I, I don't believe um, any decent CCG. And I think that, that transformers is you cannot hand someone a deck and, and expect them to, you know, to run it blind or, or whatever. Um, and so, you know, and I think that's that's very true um, in Transformers as well. And, you know, I, I going back to the, the after Gen Con, you know, there was obviously a lot of analysis, a lot of people. I watched a fair number of streams of people running, you know, the, the deck that I did and or something very close to it. And, and, you know, there were plenty of places where I looked at it and said, OK, that was a that was a misplay. You know, you 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 could have done that better. So I, I think the. The pilot is is a very, very important thing. Um, second to that, I would say the characters. Um, the fact that they start in play, the fact that they stay in play, the fact that keeping them in play is, is in many ways your win condition. Um, there's no variance to them. Um, you know, and it, it's one of the reasons actually uh, to, to, you know, climb up on my soapbox. I, I don't think Transformers is a great game for sealed play. Um, because there's so little choice in sealed as far as the the battle cards that you get. I think most decks you're going to leave out like four or five cards, um, you know, and and then the characters will start in play and be in play, and that makes those character draws much much more important and dramatically increases the variance. So I I tend to think that the the characters are. Um, are are the the second most important um but at the same time i i will again go back to the idea that you need your characters to do something you know they they are part of a cohesive whole um but they are filling roles as opposed to just being them and in a lot of ways a lot of times you can find other characters that will fill the same roles um and do nearly as well and i i think that's why you can see a lot of of decks um 
that runs similar cores, but with some, some variation, you know, uh, what the, the, probably the second half of the meta that I saw in Vegas was the airstrike patrol plus something, you know, I probably saw four or five, maybe six decks running airstrike patrols. And almost all of them had that last character with something different, whether it was, I saw uh, general optimus, I saw grimlock, um, you know, a couple others and, and nemesis is, is popular as well. Um, so they, they all managed to fill a similar role, um, in that deck. Now, sometimes you can't replace them. I mean, the airstrike is, is a much tighter tribal, um, connection than, than a lot of what we've seen in, in transformers. Um, but you know, they, they need to fill roles. So there is still some variation there. Um, and again, you, you can't just take, um, someone's character lineup and, and run with it and expect it to work perfectly well without the, all the other moving parts. Yeah. And the level of variance in a battle deck, I mean, you try your best limiting it to 40 cards so your ratios are correct, but uh, with the lack of searchability outside of the green pit and some character uh, abilities, uh, if you're trying to find, let's say, your strategy hinges on unleashed potential, um, there's no no guarantee that you're going to get that in your hand. So. Um, like you said, the the static element of the characters is, is very important. Yes, and 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 the, you're you're exactly right. I mean, Transformers is a game. You have a very small starting hand size. You have a very low draw rate, um, and so you know it, you, you'll go through a game, and and most games by the time you're done, assuming you don't have any additional draw, you're going to draw maybe eight to nine cards or so in an average game. Um, and you know, so you're, you're going to see a quarter of your deck in your, your hand. And, um, I think that's why most people still tend to focus, um, heavily on pips, um, because they're going to be the, the more prevalent thing, you know? And so you have to balance the, the cards you won't see with maximizing the utility that you're getting, get out of the ones that you do. Um, and, and that's why I think, you know, I, I remember when when I talked to Stefan after Gen Con, um, I didn't run Improvised Shield, and and you know we 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 had a funny moment where he texted me after I'd done the the deck profile, um, and it's like you know I didn't even realize this when we were talking that you're not running that. It, it, it was such a a crazy thought that um, that it hadn't uh, even hadn't even clicked as we were going through with really either of us, um, that that wasn't there. And, and, you know, as I told him, I don't run them because those card draws are so important. I don't want a, a dead card for the sake of one or two more, um, damage through the, the course of my deck. Um, and so, you know, I, I think it, it's a really fine balance. It's one of the things I love about the game, you know, that even with pips being more important, you can't just slam, um, you know, uh, as many oranges or whatever as you can, you really have to maximize the, the utility that get out of the cards that you do draw and that you do play. Right. Yeah. A, a handheld blaster or an improvised shield in hand um, can be can be fatal. Right. So yep. you, you may be better off playing a zap instead of an improvised. shield. Exactly. So. So uh, you spoke a little bit about uh, the sealed play bit, and, and I know that um, kind of references back a little bit to the the EI in December. Um, you know, uh, there'll there'll most likely be one in 2020. Uh, what did you think was done well at the EI? Um, you know, it, it that's an interesting thing. I, I I was fairly vocal after that. I didn't necessarily enjoy 
the event. Um, I've taken a lot of uh, flack from some of the the more uh, competitive players for thinking that, you know, how dare I ask for a lunch break, um, that it just wouldn't be possible. Um, I, I will say I, I do have to give give props. I think there were some issues running it, but they did um, the best they could and a decent job given, especially like um, John Temple has been very upfront that they were were short on judges and, and kind of how that came to pass. Um, you know, I, I thought that for the environment and, and what it is, it, it was run okay. It certainly was not a train wreck. I never wanted to to give that Im- impression to to anybody. Um, I, I I thought the the split to the cut um, on the last day was was good. I thought the coverage um, was good. I really liked that they they did um, one match at a time for most of the the top eight, so that everyone that it could be a very spectator um, oriented thing. Um, <clears throat> you know, so. Um, so overall, I mean, it, it, it was not a, a horrible event by any means, but it, it made for a very long day um, with uh, some very just dis- like the sealed, especially the scheduling of it made for a very disruptive um, segment in the middle of the day where everyone's going and in the zone and doing. And then we had an hour long break um, while you do the decks and and, you know, we 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 sat there and it's the type of thing that that very much annoys me. And I know how it, that why they do it and that I'll even say it's probably the right thing to do. But, you know, for anyone who wasn't there, we were sitting there and it was, <clears throat> you know, calling out. Okay, now you're going to open your packs. Now you're going to to do this. Now you're going to pass this this sheet over. And and it was all very much, you know, you should not be doing anything except for what we're we're telling you. So it it meant a lot of of sort of least common denominator timing um, where, you know, it was a long poll. You had to wait for every single person to to finish this piece. Um, It was also one with all the instructions where it was very, very hard to hear um, in the hall. And it just really, really killed the momentum on the day, even apart from from whatever else I happen to feel about seal. Um, so I, I, I would love to see separate events for sealed. I have no problem with the, the format. I, I think it, it is excessively random to drop into the middle of, of a constructed event. Um, and I, I'll again, call back to, to Blaine, um, on, on that. I mean, I, I think hands down, he had the most dominant, um, constructed deck on the day and had a little bit of a uh, a bad pull on the sealed um and ends up missing the the top eight despite you know hands down stampeding everybody else um that he faced uh with that deck so um i i hope they will split the events rather than making the the sort of mixed um so that we we have focus on um the constructed and a minimal variance environment and then um you know kind of do a completely separate event to highlight the separate skills that go into seal play and and you know kind of accepts that level of variance yeah so i mean and I, this is the first uh, trading card game in a while that I've gotten uh, wholly into and invested in, uh, in, in to uh, make something analogous to, to the Super Bowl that's coming up. You know, in the Super Bowl, they would not say, hey, uh, we're going to swap out your, your first stringers with third stringers, but we're not going to tell you who until they're out on the field with you. So what? 
I don't know if it's been announced or if this is common, but why would there be a sealed event in in a constructed event, especially one yeah. that is a capstone event? Right. Yeah, I, I like it. I have a football analogy myself, too. It, it's like, you know, at, at halftime, you make your linemen go out and they're going to, to run 100-yard dashes. And, you know, whichever uh, team's linemen win are going to get an extra touchdown, right? Um, you know, I, I, I fully respect that there are different skills um, involved in sealed um but I, I question the mixing of them. Um, and and again, with the higher variance in in sealed, um, I I am just not really a, a fan of it. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what they decide to do. But I my personal feeling at this point is that uh, you know there's a lot of things going on right now that are just sort of the way that it's done. And you know that was a lot of the the response that I got um, that was negative to to my views on on the EI was that oh this is just how how it's always done. I think we can do better. I, I think we can can isolate the skills and and um, evaluate them um, on their own merits. I think we can improve scheduling to the point where, you know, we aren't spending 20 minutes between every round. And so people can actually manage to, to have a lunch break or a reasonable, um, a reasonable uh, schedule to it. And, you know, I, I believe that, that there's options for things like this to, to use technology. You know, there are a number of, um, of apps um, out there that handle app notifications and table notifications. You take away five, 10 minutes worth of that swarm around the postings board um, every round and and the whole day gets a lot smoother and and so and it's interesting that that I see these things a lot of times at local stores with you know 12 or 14 players um, but then you know and you need it far less there than you do it at an event with 150 players but we tend not to see them at the the bigger events so um, I, I I, again, full props to the people who do this. I, I run enough events locally. I know it's a hard thing to do, you know, but at the same time, if I see see areas that can improve, um, you know, nobody's nobody's perfect. And I think there's a lot of room for improvement. And, and there's a lot of room for recognizing that Transformers launched as a different style of game. It, it was originally intended to... Um, to be a more accessible game that could bring everyone in. Um, and I'll be honest, I was a little worried when they first announced the organized play with the big dollars that it was going to lose some of that. And and I think a lot of what we saw out of the EI is is going in that direction. And we're losing that accessibility that that this is a game that can bring everybody in and and make sure everyone enjoys it. And um, so, you know, I, I hope that that going forward, you know, we can keep the competitive spirit, um, but not shut out anyone who doesn't want to do, you know, 20 hour play days if this keeps getting bigger. Right. Yeah, totally. I mean, it, it is all in all, I, even though some of us have nostalgia, it, it was part of our childhoods. I mean, it is you're right. It is bots mashing against bots. It's it's supposed to be accessible and, and lighthearted and. When there's money on the line, hey, we understand that things that can get a little tense and and um, and so on and so forth. And especially if the event isn't uh, 100% tight, that can also add some, um, you know, just add more yeah. to the pile. So agreed. 
Uh, hey, Kevin, thank you. Thank you so much for jumping on. Uh, I really appreciate our conversation. Um, and I hope you have a, a great 2020 in terms of competitive uh, Transformers and hope everything is uh, awesome in Orlando. And uh, I hope to see you at uh, Gen Con. Are you going to be at Gen Con this year? So I, I will. I, last couple of years, Gen Con has been an annual trip for me. Um, so I I am there pretty much every year. Um, other than that, we'll we'll see what happens for the year. Okay. Well, uh, Indiana is pretty close to, to where I am. So most likely I will see you there. Look forward to it. Okay. Well, thank, thank you, you very much for, yeah. for taking the time to, to talk with me today, too. I always enjoy um, chatting these. And, you know, anyone who's willing to give me a soapbox, I'm, I'm happy to take some time. So appreciate for it. Sure. Yeah, thanks, Kevin.